Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Ramadan Mubarak to you and yours. This Ramadan, as we all gather to share a meal with our loved ones, we need to remember those in Gaza who are also gathering to share a meal with so many who aren't there that were just there a year ago. Since October the 7th, the Human Development Fund has assisted over 200,000 people in Gaza, providing them with essential aid, such as food baskets, water, hot meals, winter items, shelter, hygiene kits, and baby formula. Your generous contributions are making a significant impact, especially in Rafah. Let's sustain this momentum and continue providing crucial support during this sacred and blessed month. Please visit hdfund.org slash qalam. That's hdfund.org slash qalam, Q-A-L-A-M, to learn more about our global reach this Ramadan and choose where you'd like to direct your support during this blessed month. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this month a time of mercy, solace, acceptance, and triumph for the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And may Allah continue to use all of us as a means and never replace us. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasir Jengda and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us. Jazakumullahu khayran. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salam ala ibadihi ladhi nastafa. Khususan ala Sayyidi Rasuli wa Khatim al-Anbiya. Wa ala alihi al-askiya wa ashabihi al-atqiya. Amma ba'd. As Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was on his way to Medina Munawwara and he was now safe from the Quraysh who were chasing him, the news began to spread that the Prophet of Allah will soon arrive in Medina. So the companions would wait in the outskirts of Medina Munawwara for the arrival of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Mothers would send their children off, go and search for him, go and search for him. And day after day, they would come back. The Prophet of Allah had not yet arrived. Then one day, the Prophet ﷺ arrived in Medina Munawwara. The companions rushed out of the city to the outskirts of Medina to a place called Quba to meet and greet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
For them, this was a very special day. Their chance to interact and see the Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam greets the companions and the scene of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasalam arriving into actual Medina Munawwara in reality is nothing but epic. The Sahaba are chanting that this is the Messenger of Allah. Children are singing. The duff is being beaten. People have climbed the roofs of homes trying to catch a glimpse of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam. Compare this to just a few weeks, months earlier, Muslims had to practice Islam privately. Just a few small years earlier, Rasulullah is being stoned in Ta'if. And now they are celebrating the Prophet. And this is what the Ansar did. This was what was special about them. They didn't just serve as a home for the companions, and not only were they neighbors to the Sahaba, but they gave the true haq of hosting the Prophet of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam. Prior to the arrival of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam, the work of da'wah had already started. So people in Medina Munawwara were accepting Islam, children were accepting Islam, women were accepting Islam, the leaders of Aws and Khazraj were accepting Islam. Jum'ah salah had already been established. It had been established before the Prophet of Allah himself even prayed Jum'ah salah. The first Jum'ah Salah the Prophet of Allah prays in his life is when he leaves Quba on the way to Medina Munawwara. During that short walk, he stops in a place where today there is Masjid Jum'ah and he prays, that he leads the first Jum'ah Salah there of his life. But before that, the Sahaba were already praying Jum'ah Salah in Medina Munawwara by the command of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ultimately. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam arrived in Medina Munawwara, and settled into the home of Abu Ayyub al-Ansari people came by to meet the Prophet of Allah. Little did these people know that each person that was laying their eyes on the face of Rasulullah was embarking on a journey and was establishing memories that they would remember and they would cherish for the rest of their lives. Sometimes you look back at life and you wonder, man, that first day I entered into the classroom, I didn't really understand what was going on. I was naive. I was immature. The first time I met the teacher, the sheikh, I didn't realize where this would take me, what kind of development would occur, where I would go and what would come out of this. Because human beings on their own have very little in terms of, how, you know, there's limited capacity of how far they can go. Your growth bursts and it blows up when you meet someone who has the tarbiyah done themselves and can also then do the tarbiyah of the next person. So these people didn't realize in that moment they were laying eyes on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and long after the Prophet of Allah would pass away, they would remember those days. That man, that day he entered into Medina Munawwara. How crazy was it? So people came to the Prophet ﷺ one group at a time presenting gifts to Rasulullah ﷺ. That, O oh, Messenger of Allah, here's a small gift from our family. O oh, Messenger of Allah, here's a small gift from our family. Ibn al-Musayyib ta'ala narrates 
from Anas bin Malik radiallahu an. And this hadith is narrated by Imam Tirmidhi rahmatullahi alayhi. Qadima Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-Madinah. Wa ana ibnu thamani sinin that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam arrived in Madinah Munawwara while I was eight years old. Other narrations and the majority of them indicate that when the Prophet of Allah arrived in Medina Munawwara, this narrator, Anas radiallahu anhu, was actually 10 years old. فَأَخَذَتْ أُمِّي بِيَدِهِ My mother took me by my hand. فَانْتَلَقَتْ بِي إِلَيْهِ So we walked to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَقَالَتْ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ لَمْ يَبْقَ رَجُلٌ وَلَا إِمْرَأَةٌ مِّنَ الْأَنصَارِ إِلَّا وَقَدْ أَتْحَفَكَ بِتُحْفَةٍ there's not a person from the Ansar or a male or female that has not approached you and given you some sort of a gift. I don't have anything to give you. Um Sulaim radiallahu anha bint Milhan. I don't have anything to offer to you, a messenger of Allah. Illabni hada but this son of mine. So take my son. He will be your khadim, he will be your servant for as long as you need. So the next 10 years, I became the khadim of Rasulullah And today we will spend this beautiful evening in the company of Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik The great khadim of Rasulullah The one who served the Prophet of Allah who was in the company of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam while traveling and when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was at home. The one who had access to the behind the scenes, he was allowed into the house of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The one who saw Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam interacting with companions and his family members in all capacities. He was with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam after the Prophet of Allah married his wives, all, you know, all the stories. And he is the one that narrates the walima here. This is what happened. And over in that walima, I saw Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do this. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was traveling, I was with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In this battle, that happened. And in this interaction, this happened. He is from the mukathirun, those who narrate abundantly from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam takes this young child into his care, in another narration, Anas bin Malik radiallahu anh says, جاءت بأم السليم إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وقد أزرتني بنصف خمارها وردتني ببعضها That my mother took me to meet the Prophet of Allah and in order to cover me, she took her shawl and put half of it around my lower body and the other part of it around my upper body. He's wearing very simple garments. They weren't a wealthy family. فقالت يا رسول الله هذا أنيس ابني أنيس is تزغير uh, the diminutive form of the name Anas and this is something the Arabs would do when they wanted to call on to someone with love Hussein the small form of Hussein Unais, the small Anas so she says O Messenger of Allah I bring my son to do your khidmah فَدْعُوا اللَّهَ لَهُ so make dua for him Anas says, this was the first dua the Prophet of Allah made for me in my life. He's a 10-year-old kid. Allahumma aktir malahu wa waladahu. Oh Allah, increase his wealth and increase his progeny. 
فوالله إن مالي لكثير. He later on lives to say that Allah blessed me with abundance of wealth. He had these vineyards that would produce fruit not once a year but two times a year. His business was booming. وَإِنَّ وَلَدِي وَوَلَدَ وَلَدِي يَتَعَادُونَ عَلَى نَحْوٍ مِنْ مِئَةٍ الْيَوْمِ As for my progeny, if I were to count my children and my grandchildren, that number would easily surpass 100. Just in my progeny alone. During his lifetime, he witnessed between 100 of his children and his grandchildren. Anas radiallahu anhu, with this unique view and insider uh, access that he has to Rasulullah is able to see every detail. You, there isn't a chapter in the books of hadith, but in there you will find a narration of Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik. Even in Kitab al-Salah, he says that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, Umar, and the Prophet of Allah, I prayed salah behind all of them. And when Nabi would start his salah, when reading out loud, he would start with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. This is the, the, the argument the Hanafis use against the Shafi'is to prove that Basmala is not a part of the Quran. Because the Prophet والسلام, when he would start his recitation, according to the riwayah of Anas bin Malik عن, who says that I heard this from the Prophet of Allah and Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq عن, and Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab and I pray behind all of them. And when they started their recitation, the first opening statement they would say out loud is Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Anas radiallahu an, he prayed just like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thabit al-Bunani says that Abu Huraira radiallahu an said, مَا رَأَيْتُ أَحَدًا أَشْبَهَ بِصَلَاةِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam مِنْ إِبْنِ أُمِّ سُلَيْنِ يَعْنِ أَنَسًا That there was no one that I saw, and this is Abu Huraira radiallahu an speaking, whose salah was as accurate as the salah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There was no one who prayed as similar as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam than Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu. Anas ibn Sidin kana Anas ibn Malik ahsan al-nasi salatan fil hadari wa safar. Wa kana Anasin yusalli hatta tafattara qadamahu daman mimma yutiru al-qiyam. He would stand for long hours and his feet would begin to swell and sometimes blood would even come out of the cracks of his feet. Anas radiallahu anhu spent his life observing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa It's fascinating because earlier today in one of our classes we had a conversation about Anas radiallahu an being the khadim of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa being that servant. Naturally as being a servant of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa there were certain gatherings that he wasn't able to participate in. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sent him off somewhere. Can you please go to that corner of Medina and collect this? Can you please drop this off to this family member of mine? Can you please go over there and take care of this? And it's possible that someone in our world will look at this and say, that person is being deprived of knowledge. That person is missing out on the opportunity to study. Why is he being sent over here and over there? Our tradition shows us that serving teachers and mentors and seniors was viewed as an honor for students of knowledge, not a burden. A student would think to themselves that I'd rather go to the groceries for my sheikh knowing that he could spend that time studying the deen and teaching the deen and doing what I'm not able to do. I would rather go and 
the example I gave in class, go fill up the gas or go wash the car or go cut the grass or do something, some khidmah. If I could be of any usage, this person right here is, uses their time to do difa of Islam against the non-Muslims. And this person dedicates their time to teaching hadith of the ummah. This person right here has a voice that has the power to change the direction of the ummah. And this is the doing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives it to who He wills, as He wills. He gives it to those that are worthy and unworthy too. When you dedicate yourself to the khidmah of people who serve the deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then accept you for the khidmah of the deen. Look at Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu. He spends his time doing khidmah of the Prophet of Allah, but that does not stop him from being in the mukathirun. Those who narrate most narrations from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Anas radiallahu anhu's name is right there. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you students who will not only serve you, but there will be a pride for you. You look at Anas radiallahu anhu, he was a source of pride for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then now you look at his students, uh, the line of students is unbelievable. Hassan al-Basri, Muhammad ibn Sirin. Among the people who narrate from him are great giants like Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi alayhi who have laid eyes on this great Sahabi. And the Ummah now for centuries to come and over a millennia are narrating back the narrations that these people heard from Anas bin Malik radiallahu anh. It's fascinating. Last week when I left class, a brother came and shared something with me. When we did our Tuesday class, after that someone came and shared something with me. He said, Sheikh, there's an amana that I have been given. I want to convey it to you. I said, okay. What's your amana? I was expecting a box of dates, maybe some chocolate. He says to me that there is a person that I know who is serving a 55-year prison sentence. He's already been in prison for 5-10 years, and it's very lonely there for him. Mother's very old, father is also probably in the last stages of life. And recently, the prisoners somehow gained access through the right channels to a tablet. So he said, everyone in the cell block gets together on Tuesday to listen to the stories of the companions. And it gives us joy that we spend the rest of the week thinking about the Sahaba. Because it's a little lonely there. You don't know what to do anymore. And I thought to myself, subhanAllah, I had no involvement in any of this. I didn't give them a tablet. I didn't facilitate that. This was not directed at anyone outside of a group of students that have nothing better to do on a Tuesday evening, who are bored like myself, so we get together and do some gabshat. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one, يُرِيدُونَ لِيُتْفِئُوا نُورَ اللَّهِ بِأَفْوَاهِهِمْ وَاللَّهُمْ مُتِمُّ نُورِهِمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has taken the responsibility of conveying this deen to any ear that is sincere, no matter how locked off they are from the outside world. This is the dua of the mukhlis. This is the dua of the sincere one. He is the one that hears it. But the condition is ikhlas. The condition is that you have to be sincere. Anas radiallahu anhu. He spends his morning and evening, day and night, 
in that khidmah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And this is a lesson for us all. With every sahabi, there is a lesson that we focus on. The lesson of the, from the life of Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiallahu an is developing the desire to do khidmah. Specifically the seniors in our community, the ulama, the mashayikh. This is something that's disappeared. This is not on the checklist. When parents are giving tarbiyah guidelines to their children, the bar is so low that right now the religious guideline is pray salah and make sure you do wudu before you pray salah. That's where the bar is right now. The bar right now is what? That make sure you fast in Ramadan. We're just trying to get the fara'id in. If we keep focusing on such a bare minimum product, how are we going to accomplish the big things? Anas bin Malik radiallahu anh, look at the far-sightedness of his mother. He dedicates his entire life and every moment of joy and all of that experience and everything that he learned and all the joy and all the smiles that he saw with his eyes on the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to mama one day coming to the Prophet of Allah and saying, take my son under your wing. How much trust did this mother have? How far was her sight? She could have said on Messenger of Allah, make him a student, but she knew that would bring one fa'idah. But the fa'idah of Rasulullah the benefit of the Prophet of Allah taking on her son as a khadim would be legendary. The greatest would be, the greatest thing here would be, her son would be a means of raha, peace and comfort for the Prophet of Allah. And there was nothing left that she wanted in this world more than that. That someone with her blood in their veins was serving Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So now Anas radiallahu an effectively enters into the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And for 10 years, he serves the Prophet of Allah. And during these 10 years, he protects in his heart secures in his heart every word and statement of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not only is he preserving the ahadith of the shama'il, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's personal life, but he is actually interacting with the shama'il on the day to day. He's touching that bed as he's fixing it. He's walking from one part of the city to another. He is the recipient of that smile of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His nose is the first contact for the beautiful fragrance applied by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam combs his hair, Anas radiallahu anh has front row seats to see the beautiful hair of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam finishes washing himself, Anas radiallahu anh is the one that presents the towel to Rasulullah, the, the garment to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he will dry himself with. He reaches a place of observation and that front row seat that mankind until the end of times will be jealous of Anas ibn Malik of what he saw, what he experienced. So now we turn to Anas and hear from him directly. Today what I wanted to do was something a little different. I didn't want to just focus on stories from the life of Anas in a classical sense like incidents. What I wanted to focus on is the story at large. What Anas learned and gained from Rasulullah. So, for today's class, not only did we look through the biographical works of the scholars on the Sahaba, but today 
We will also take into the take a peek into the Masanid and the books of Hadith. The narrations they narrate from Anas bin Malik an, as he recalls them through these very intimate interactions with Rasulullah Anas an says, I served the Prophet of Allah وسلم, for 10 years and there was no one that I met that had more beautiful character than the Prophet of Allah There was no one that had a broader chest and was more forbearant than the Prophet there was no one that was more kind and compassionate than Rasulullah One day Rasulullah sent me for a task. And on the way there, some kids were playing, so I joined them. A person was standing behind me some time later and pulled my garment when I turned around. It was Rasulullah I turned around and behind me, smiling at me, was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Ya Unais, Did you go what I told you to do? Did you complete the task? Qultu na'am, inni dhahibun al-an ya Rasulullah. Yes. Pause. I'm headed there now. Heading over there right now. And during these 10 years, Rasulullah did not scold me and he did not nag at me. Why did you not do this? Why did you do that? Nabi let me do things in the way that I did them. He says that when Rasulullah would call out to me, sometimes he would say, Ya Unais, out of love. And at times the Prophet would say, Ya Bunay, oh my dear son. In one narration, the Prophet said to him, Oh my dear son, if you have the ability to enter into the morning and evening while having no malice in your heart for any human being, then surely do so. My dear son, this is my sunnah. And whoever revives my sunnah has indeed loved me. And the one that has loved me will be with me in Jannah. Oh my son, when you enter upon your family, then say to them, Assalamu alaikum. It will be barakah for you and your family members. Anas radiallahu an says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, let's look at this narration again, how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching him that the way to be a companion, the way to be from the family of the Prophet of Allah, the way a person who spends their morning and evening with the Prophet of Allah is for them to have a pure heart. You have to get over it. Whatever that it is for you, whatever your barrier is, you must learn to overcome it. You must learn to let things go. You can't hold on to them forever. Let these grudges go. Because if you can't love another person, then you have missed the sunnah. An impure heart will not be able to replicate the sunnah. No matter how much they attempt to do so externally. For that you will need a pure heart. And Anas bin Malik now lives by this for the rest of his life. He dedicates his morning and evening to living by the sunnah. Because here Nabi wasallam taught him how to increase value. Implement this in your life and tomorrow your marriage will increase in value. 
Implement this in, their, in your life and tomorrow you will be a better father. You will be a better co-worker. You will be a better principal. You will be a better manager. You will be a better coach. You have to purify your heart and purge it upon. This is the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anas radiallahu an, while describing the sort of preferences of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يُحِبُّ أَنْ يَلِيهِ الْمُهَاجِرُونَ وَالْأَنصَارِ فِي الصَّلَاةِ That when the Prophet would lead prayer, he preferred that the people standing immediately behind them were the muhajirun and the ansar, the senior companions. He used to like that. This was the preference of Rasulullah In another narration, again, a whole different issue. We're just looking at different angles of how Anas has eyes on the preferences, the personal life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Anas radiallahu an, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that when it comes to food, if a person is eating and a morsel slips from their hand, don't just leave it. Oh, it's dirty. Pick it up. Can it be cleaned? Can you remove any filth or dirt from there? If you can, do that and eat it. Don't leave it behind for shaitan. Anas radiallahu an, now on the other hand, while describing the salah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, that the Prophet had the most complete salah, yet it was also brief. His salah was complete, didn't miss anything. Every ruku' was proper, every sajda was proper, every recitation was proper. The Sahaba, they say, Nabi harfan harfan, every word was distinct in his recitation. But that didn't mean Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's prayer when it came to leading in ob the obligatory salah that it was hours long. No. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was the perfect balance. Not so quick where the rights of salah are being violated. And at the same time, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam kept it brief. Again, showing the temperament of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the personality of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He says, that when dinner is placed and the prayer starts, start with your dinner. Why is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saying this? Otherwise, when you're praying salah, what are you thinking about? Brisket. You're thinking about some macaroni, you're thinking about some potatoes. You're not thinking about Allah. You're not thinking about Surah Fatiha. You're thinking, why is Burhan taking so long? Like, really, Burhan? Come on. Like, we all love Quran, but can't you smell it? Al-Aqilu takfihi al-Ishara, they say. Or you can also say, Al-Aqilu takfihi al-Ishara. Aqalman ke liye ishara kaafi hai, khane wale ke liye ishara kaafi hai. Al-Aqilu takfihi al-Ishara. An intelligent person, small gesture is enough for them to read between the lines. The same can be said about people. You guys, all hungry people, a little bit of a hint of food and everyone shows up. He describes Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's sort of mentality. These narrations show us personality. They show us Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's thought. How considerate Prophet Alayhi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was. In one narration, Sayyidina Anas bin Malik radiallahu anh says, إِذَا نَعَسَ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِ فَلْيَنْصَرِفْ فَلْيَنِمْ 
that when one of you is praying salah and he finds himself dozing off, فَلْيَمْصَرِفْ فَلْيَنَمْ Then stop praying salah and go and take some rest. There's no need to be praying salah while you're dozing off and while you're moving up and down. Similarly, Anas bin Malik says, دَخَلَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ الْمَسْجِدِ Once the Prophet of Allah entered into the masjid, وَحَبْلٌ مَمْدُودٌ بَيْنَ سَارِيَتَيْنِ There was this rope extended across two pillars. He said, what is this? What is this rope doing here between two pillars? قَالُوا لِزَيْنَمْ تُصَلِّي فَإِذَا كَسِلَتْ أَوْ فَتَرَتْ أَمْسَكَتْ بِهِ Zainab radiallahu anha, she put this here. While she's praying salah, when she gets tired or exhausted, she holds on to the rope to finish off her prayer. That's why she put the rope there. فَقَالَ حُلُّهُ Nabi Sallallahu said, remove the rope. ثُمَّ قَالَ لِيُصَلِّ أَحَدُكُمْ نَشَاطَهُ فَإِذَا كَسَلَ أَوْ فَتَرَ فَلْيَقْعُدْ That you should pray salah while um, you, are, you have the energy in you, you're fresh. And when that energy is gone, then take a seat. Anas bin Malik radiallahu an, he says in another narration regarding the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We talked about salah, let's go, over, let's go over to dua. His eyes were everywhere. You guys see this? Ten-year-old kid, what are ten-year-old kids in our community doing? What are they doing, guys? What's that game called? You know the game where they have cars and they're playing soccer with cars? Rocket League, there you go, all these people. If you see their name, names on the leaderboard, don't be shocked. Yesterday my kid said, Abba, let's play Rocket League. I said, why would I hit a soccer ball on a, game, a gaming console with a car when I can just use a real player? Like you can play FIFA, we have FIFA too. So this is what kids in our community, like, you know, their eyes are locked here, locked there. They just keep watching... Uh, reels of Messi and Ronaldo on repeat. Those goals, they scored them 10 years ago. Move on. They moved on. The guy has a billion dollar contract and you haven't moved on. You're still watching old videos and the guy, while he's watching it, he's got a smile on his face like, wow, ma hada bashara, in hada illa malakun kareem. Such a big smile like, I need the halawa on their face. You look at it. The guy's like nodding his head like, oh man, that's crazy. Takes his dopey off and like rubber his head. Like, can you believe that? Sayyidina Anas bin Malik radiallahu he is observing the Prophet at that young age, between 10 and 20 years old. He was younger than most of us in this gathering. And that's when he's narrating all these ahadith. He says that, the most frequent dua I heard Rasulullah make. The most frequent dua Nabi would make. Allahumma Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina This was the dua that I heard Rasulullah make. So Anas radiallahu anh, for the rest of his life, whenever he made dua, he would raise his hands and say the same thing. Allahumma rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab nar. His family was beloved to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Like, there are a whole like, list of stories of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's interactions with Umm Sulaim radiallahu anha 
And then when her child passed away, Nabi sallam consoling them at the loss of Anas an's half-brother. There are so many narrations and stories here. But the Prophet wasallam sometimes during the midday siesta time, he would head over to the house of Umm Sulaim for his midday nap. Because Anas radiallahu anha was so close. And Umm Sulaim radiallahu anha, kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yadkhulu ala Umm Sulaiman fatabsutu lahu nitu'an. So she would put out a leather mat for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to lie on, to sleep in. Fayaqilu alayhi. This is qaylula, not said. Fayaqilu alayhi. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would take his midday nap on there. She would collect the sweat of Rasulullah when he left and add it to her fragrance. This is a Sahih riwayah, by the way. You know, for people who have a very tough time digesting tabarruk bi athar al anbiya wa tabarruk bi athar al salihin, you can't do away with these narrations. Taking barakah, the Sahaba taking barakah from Rasulullah is a fact. This happened. This is, a, this, this is narrated not in one narration, but so many narrations. Where the Sahaba took from the barakah, they would take, collect the hair of Rasulullah The Sahaba would, you know, they, they would hold on to the garments of Rasulullah even after he passed away. Anas radiallahu an, he had a practice, which is actually quite uh, prevalent today. If you ever see people uh, making dua, at the completion of the recitation of the Qur'an, in how people do khatm al-Qur'an dua, this isn't established directly from Rasulullah There's no riwayah that tells us that Nabi himself, there is no sari' narration that we know of in which a sahabi says that when the Prophet completed his recitation of the Qur'an, he would make dua. However, Anas bin Malik radiallahu anh, there are narrations for him, not one but many. That when he would complete the recitation of the Qur'an. كَانَ أَنَسُ بْنُ مَالِكِ إِذَا خَتَمَ الْقُرْآنِ جَمَعَ وَلَدَهُ وَأَهْلَ بَيْتِهِ وَدَعَى That Anas radiallahu anh, when he would complete the recitation of the Qur'an, he would gather his children and his family members and collectively then they would make dua. So this practice of khatm al-Qur'an du'as is taken from whose, whose, whose actions? Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala Anas radiallahu he describes the moments before Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam passed away. Wallahu alam, but the narrations tell us of the last time Anas radiallahu saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It was Fajr Salah. Few hours before the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam departed from this dunya. He arrived at the border of his home in the masjid, leaning on the shoulders of two companions. And they moved the curtain. And the Prophet ﷺ saw the companions praying Fajr Salah behind Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. Anas says, we were praying Salah, but he was looking at the Prophet ﷺ. And he said he saw the Prophet's face and he hadn't seen the Prophet of Allah in so many days. He just wanted to leave where he was and go and hug the Prophet. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then gestured to the companions. فَأَشَارَ إِلَيْهِمْ 
Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he gestured to them that everyone stay where you are. Everyone stay where you are. No need to move. And then not too long later, he hears that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam departed this world. In the riwayah of Tirmidhi, Anas radiallahu an says that the happiest day for the people in Medina was the day the Prophet arrived. Couldn't believe it. We were so blessed. Life was very different before him. Life was unimaginable without him. The day he arrived, there was a smile on the face of every man, woman, and child. And similarly, the saddest day in Medina Munawwara was the day the Prophet left us. Everyone had lost everything. Everyone was in tears. Anas radiallahu an then lives a long life. Almost 90 more years he lives. And throughout this period, he spends his life reminiscing over Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi those amazing teenage years he had in the khidmah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He would say, Inni la arju an alqa Rasulullah fi yawm al-qiyama fa'aquluk Ya Rasulullah, hadha khawaydi muk'ulays. I look forward to meeting the Prophet of Allah on the Day of Judgment. So when I see him, I will say, O Messenger of Allah, your Khadim Unais has arrived. That's what you used to call me. Unais. Sulaiman al-Taymi says that I heard Anas radiallahu anh saying, Ma ahadun salla al-qiblatayn ghayri. Ma baqiya ahadun salla al-qiblatayn ghayri. He lived a long life. So he said, today there is no one alive who faced both qiblas behind Rasulullah other than me. I'm one of those people that still live. Muthanna ibn Sa'id says, I heard Anas radiallahu anh saying, مَا مِن لَيْلَةٍ إِلَّا وَأَنَا أَرَى فِيهَا حَبِيبِ ثُمَّ يَبْكِي There is not a night that I sleep, but in my dream I see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and then Anas radiallahu anh would cry. Sahaba would come to meet Anas radiallahu anh, and when meeting him, they would kiss his hands. They would say, these are the hands the Prophet touched. They would kiss his forehead. People from far would come, kiss the forehead of Anas bin Malik radiallahu anh. This was the head that was wiped by the Mubarak hand of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Like all people, Anas radiallahu anh had his fair share of challenges in life too. Two of them I'll lay out for you. One of them was, unfortunately, politics. Anas radiallahu anh always sided with the Sahaba. Specifically, when there was a dispute between the Umayyads, the later on Umayyads and the senior Sahaba, he sided with the, the Sahaba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So as a result of that, the famous Umayyad the general, unfortunately, very, very unfortunately, got caught with Anas ibn Malik in the crosshairs. He ended up getting a little rough with Anas One day, Hajjaj bin Yusuf, he called Anas and said, said to him, Ya Khabith, O evil man, Jawalun fil fitan. You're always roaming around and fitna and causing problems. Marratan ma'a Ali, marratan ma'a ibn Zubair, marratan ma'a ibn al-Ash'ath. 
Sometimes you're siding with this person, sometimes you're siding with that person, always against us, the Umayyads. He takes an oath. I will uproot you and skin you. He said this to Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik. So Anas, he then wrote a letter to the Khalifa, to Abdul Malik bin Marwan. And he said, Inni khadamtu Rasulullah tis'a sinin. Wallahi law anna nasara adraku rajulan khadama nabiyahum l'akramuhu. I served Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for nine years, ten years, the other narration. If the Christians had a person that served their Prophet for as long as I did, they would have honored that man. Shouldn't you have some respect for me? The Khalifa got really angry at Hajjaj bin Yusuf. He got in a lot of trouble after this. Hajjaj bin Yusuf, with all of his arrogance and all of his stubbornness, was forced to apologize to Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu. Anas radiallahu anhu, second big calamity he faced was that there was a plague that hit Basra, where he lived. And over 200,000 people died from the plague. Just from the children and grandchildren of Anas radiallahu anhu, 70 of them passed away. Just from his family. Such a big musibah. The plague wiped out his family. And ultimately, it was in this Ta'un al-Jarif that Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu also fell ill. When he was in the final moments of his life and the plague had spread and the illness had overtook him, he said to his family members, do talqeen for me. Say la ilaha illallah around me. So they began to softly say la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. And as they were saying it, he joined them as well. And while saying la ilaha illallah, Anas radiallahu anh passed away and departed this world. The heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the khadim of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A man whose face reminded people of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that this was a kid who was by the side of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam every step of the way. He has left the dunya. He had instructed throughout his life he held on to a possession, something that he had gained from Rasulullah It was a small staff. And he said, when you bury me, bury that gift of Rasulullah with me in the grave. And so his wasiyah was acted upon. Anas radiallahu an, regarding the exact year when he passed away in, there is some difference of opinion. Some scholars say, it was in the year 92 after Hijrah. This was a position that Imam al-Waqibi rahimahullah ta'ala opted. And then others said it was in the year 93 after Hijrah. This is the position of other great scholars, Abu Naim al-Asfahani and others. And there are other positions as well. So if he passed away in 93 Hijri and was born 10 years before Hijrah, that puts his age at 103 years.
the narrations of Anas bin Malik radiallahu an exceed 2,000. Some scholars have listed them to be 2,286, out of which you will find 180 both in Bukhari and Muslim. And then independently outside of the Muttafaqun Ali, you will find 80 of them in Bukhari alone, and then another 90 of them in Sahih Muslim. Sayyidina Anas bin Malik radiallahu'an's story is a beautiful one. It's a story of a young child who spent the prime years of his life serving Rasulullah And I've seen this in my life. I've seen people dedicate their lives to studying books, which is amazing. And I have also seen in my life people dedicate their life to serving scholars of the deen. And the barakah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in the life of that second person is something very different. It's very unique. The tarbiyah, the mentorship, the end product. When you see someone that has actually spent time with scholars, you will be able to tell just the way they speak, the way they carry themselves. It's very quick and very easy. As opposed to someone who hasn't spent time with mashayikh and seniors, their tarbiyah generally is incomplete. Like they're half refined, partial refined, but it's not complete. They have a good idea of something here, a good idea of something there. But the Sahaba of Rasulullah through their time with Nabi were thoroughly polished by the Prophet May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik for his great khidmah for the burden that he lightened from Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, for the water he carried, for the dates he delivered, for the messages he conveyed, for him walking in the heat of Arabia to take care of the day-to-day tasks of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's such a blessing that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gave this honor to him and took care of this fard on our behalf, on behalf of the Ummah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to take inspiration from Anas radiallahu an that we also learn the lesson of khidmah and service. At large, wherever we are needed, but more specifically, serving elders and seniors in our community. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.